0: But not stunned. There has been a history of airplanes crashing into tall buildings, and that knowledge kept me from feeling a sense of alarm. Congressman Goss requested more details and then urged General Ahmed to continue. Most people are aware of their past and fantasize about the future, but their primary focus is on the present, getting along day by day. The Taliban and Al Qaeda are different. For them, Only the future of paradise after death matters. Any activities of the present are trivial interludes until the ultimate is achieved. The discipline, the norms of behavior which influence today, are irrelevant for those who dismiss the worthiness of today. The same young staffer entered with a second yellow note. It made its way to Congressman Goss, who read it. This time Goss passed the note to Ahmed. As Ahmed was reading it, Goss said, Another plane has struck the South Tower The color drained from General Ahmed's face Seeing Ahmed's immediate reaction, I recalled a moment from the trip I had taken two weeks earlier When I stood above the Khyber Pass and looked into Afghanistan Could this primitive country be attacking the United States of America? Though we hadn't finished our meeting yet, the breakfast disbanded Senator Kyle escorted General Ahmed down to his waiting car. Porter, who had been informed by a staffer that there might be more planes in the air, headed directly for the office of the House Speaker, Dennis Hastert. Leaving the room, I noticed that our gift for General Ahmed had been left behind. I ran down three flights of stairs to my hideaway office on the first floor of the Capitol. On most days I will meet there with key members of my staff to start the day with a review of my schedule and the priority items I have listed in my spiral notebook to accomplish that day. On that Tuesday morning, we were captivated by the images on the television screen, smoke pouring from the crippled Twin Towers. Nearly as soon as we sat down, Capitol Police officers began running down the halls, banging on doors, and shouting for everyone to leave the complex. After a chaotic race through the tunnels underneath the Capitol building, we emerged out onto the Capitol's east lawn. Out into a changed America. The attacks of September 11th did more than take 3,000 innocent American lives. They laid bare the holes in America's intelligence system and forced us to ask tough questions about how these agencies, their leaders, and we as elected officials failed to fulfill one of the most fundamental obligations of government, to provide for the common defense of the American people. The next two years of my life came to be dominated by September 11th. In that time I would organize and co-chair an unprecedented joint House-Senate investigation of the intelligence failures that allowed the attacks to take place. Ultimately, I would reach the conclusion that September 11th was the culmination of a long trail of American intelligence failures, both at home and abroad. An almost bewildering array of mistakes, missteps, and missed opportunities caused by warring governmental cultures, bureaucratic incompetence and neglect, lack of imagination, and, perhaps most tragic of all, A Failure of Leadership at the Highest Levels of Government In the following pages I intend to offer an inside view of the investigation of the events that led up to September 11, 2001, including new information on the role of foreign governments in aiding the terrorists within the United States, and the extent of the failures among and between American and international intelligence agencies. I also intend to outline the disgraceful manner in which the administration of President George W. Bush has repeatedly hindered the full investigation of September 11th, and then turned its attention and resources to Iraq, an act that has served to make Americans less secure than they were before that fateful Tuesday morning in September 2001. While America has understood the utility of intelligence since Paul Revere's midnight ride from Boston to Lexington, warning that the British were coming, we have never embraced it. Intelligence gathering was distasteful to a nation that had fought a seven-year war for independence, to secure liberty from the very things that were the stock in trade of King George III's intelligence gathering, the late night knock on the door to separate a husband, father or son from a frightened family, the use of torture to discover the rebellious plans of patriots, the clandestine search of private effects without notice or permission. That the United States was the last advanced nation to establish a permanent civilian intelligence agency is evidence of the depth of this aversion. However, as more came to be known about the attacks of September 11th, a new consensus began to emerge. As much as our intelligence community may have failed us, Americans, pragmatic people that we are, recognized that September 11th was not the first attack on America by a new and shadowy foe, nor did that foe intend it to be the last. We realized that in this new world, where an attack can come not only from the army of an enemy, but also in the form of a boat, a backpack, or a vial, Intelligence becomes a crucial shield, an ever more integral part of our national and personal security In this new century, effective intelligence will be more important than ever before, for six reasons First, our adversary is different from any we have engaged in the past It is not a nation, but a tribe of tribes, united by an ideology The terrorists are not constrained by the global standards and values of the West. To them, death and an afterlife in Paradise are the highest goals of life. Theirs is not a society with which we share mutually understood cultures and languages. Rather, it is remote, mysterious, and insular. To know this enemy is essential to defeating this enemy, and Americans will depend on effective intelligence to gain that knowledge. Second, we learned on September 11th that the Atlantic and the Pacific are not the shields they have been in the past. Our new enemy was capable of insinuating nineteen or more of its trained killers into our nation, where they were able to refine, rehearse, and execute the most deadly attack on the continental United States in our history. America will look to alert intelligence to do what two oceans no longer can, protect us at home. Third, America can no longer be driven to act only after we have been acted upon. The consequences of waiting for threats to gather is too risky. Imagine the consequences if terrorists manage to get their hands on a nuclear weapon. But to be anticipatory and preemptive requires the highest quality of intelligence, or we risk something else, the lives of soldiers and civilians, and our international credibility. If we are to adhere to a doctrine of preemption, we have to be certain of what we are preempting. We can't afford to be deceived, manipulated, or blinded by ideology, as we have been in Iraq, or to waste time and resources fighting threats that aren't real. Fourth, sound intelligence will enhance our long-term security. America's political, economic, and security interests now span the globe. A vigilant intelligence community will alert us to emerging threats against our interests beyond the homeland. Terrorists gaining possession of nuclear weapons has been described as the problem from hell. Some have also said it is an inevitability. Retired four-star General Eugene Habiger, who has overseen nuclear weapons programs at the Departments of Defense and Energy, has stated, It is not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. The very best intelligence is an absolutely crucial capability if we are to make what is thought to be inevitable preventable. Through both strategic intelligence, the intelligence which tells us about the longer-term posture and intentions of others, and actionable intelligence, which alerts us to specific imminent acts, we will be better able to confront terrorist threats abroad, before those threats materialize at home. Fifth, effective intelligence is important to maintaining our international relationships. Success in the 21st century will require alliances with nations that share